Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Stones and Bones. In this podcast, we'll be going over part two of Triobites. Something we didn't talk about last episode was, was that the Triobite was actually the first creature to develop complex eyes. As we talked about last episode, not all Triobites had eyes, but in the first couple million years they were alive, some Triobites did develop eyes. This really changed the course of history. As before, life for many animals are pretty tame and gentle, and the apex predators were just pretty sluggish. But after they got eyes, they actually started getting more aggressive since they could see their prey. Because before animals had eyes, I mean, if the prey ran away, you wouldn't be able to notice where they were running to. So there are a lot more herbivores on the earth. And just because it was much easier to eat plants. Plants didn't run, plants didn't run away, they just kind of, they were there. And they were the main source of food for a lot of animals. But when, the, but when these animals did develop eyes, they were actually able to see where their prey was. They were able to see where they were running. And it was just a lot easier for them. With the increasing amount of predators, however, became the increasing amount of competition for the limited number of prey. This caused animals to want to evolutionize to get more uh, offensive techniques. And so this caused kind of an evolutionary race to get arms, something that could really help them uh, hunt. Anyways, the reason that we're actually able to see the evolution of eyes is because the trilobites fossilized very well. So we're able to observe and get as much information out of the eyes as possible. And it also, it wasn't the other animals that just hunted with their eyes. The tribites hunted themselves. They didn't hunt anything big. They normally hunted small creatures, like worms on the floor of the sea. But they also ate regular plants in the sea, such as plankton or algae. So they're like humans in the way that they are an omnivore. The tribite is an interesting creature, ever because it makes up three different levels of the food bed. Predator, prey, and scavenger. They were preyed upon by many animals, mostly just sea animals that were just simply bigger than them, like crustaceans and sea scorpions. The tribite was also a scavenger, so they basically just really ate anything they could get their hands on, dead or alive. As well as good hunting skills, though, the predators had to work to eat them. Because they were around for hundreds of millions of years living in the water with dangerous predators, the tribite got some good defensive mechanisms. Some of the defensive mechanisms they used to protect themselves were eye stalks, spines, and the ability to enroll themselves to protect vulnerable parts of their body. Now, eye stalks aren't known too much in today's world, but eye stalks are kind of long, rod-like features that kind of protrude out of the eye socket of the area and have eyes on the end. And these eye stalks are pretty nifty because they're flexible, they can twist and curl up, and it really gave the advantage to the trilobites because it was almost impossible to sneak up on them since they could basically see 360 degrees. While only a certain number of the 20,000 different species of trilobites had this feature, the ones that did were really prepared for defense. Another thing trilobites did to protect themselves was roll up into a little ball, kind of like a roly-poly. And remember that the trilobites had a hard shell and a spine inside of them, so when they rolled up to the ball, it offered even extra protection against the, pred- against the predators. And the spine just offered to pr- protection to the probably the most vulnerable part of the trilobite, which is the head. And with their head protected, the animals, really, the predators, really, really had to want to trilobite to get through them. Interestingly enough, there are actually many specimens of the trilobites curled, in, curled into these tiny balls, and these make very interesting fossils. And now on to selling the trilobites. Most of the trilobite fossils that people buy aren't the actual trilobite. It's the husk or the discarded shell of the trilobite. Now, the trilobite outgrew their shell constantly, leaving little trilobite traces of themselves anywhere, everywhere on the ocean floor. And these discarded shells would get fossilized all the time, and it represents the actual trilobite. 
So for the actual trilobite fossils out there, they're actually quite rare and pretty expensive. And speaking of their prices, the price of the trilobite really depends on the species, but on average, this price for a one-inch trilobite is about $50, a two-inch trilobite is about $100, a three-inch trilobite is about $250, and a four-inch trilobite is about $500. Of course, these factors are depending on many variables, and one is the eyes. For instance, if the eyes of a trilobite is very detailed, or if their eye stalks, the price will skyrocket. And the other variable that's pretty major is if the trilobite is reconstructed. Despite the fact that trilobites are very common, you often see trilobites with parts of them missing or if they're cracks. What many people do is they artificially add those parts on or they glue the trilobite back together. And sometimes they tell you, but sometimes they don't. And really, that's one of the major things that that you have to look out for on trilobites. But we'll talk about that shortly. The sizes for trilobites, however, are really all over the place, from just a millimeter long to the largest one in the world being 28 inches long. And that's only the largest complete one. Imagine the broken, non-completed ones that are even larger, like maybe 30, possibly 40 inches. And the color for for these trilobites are pretty much different shades of brown. They don't really come into exotic colors. And the trilobites are found in all seven continents because of the separation of Pangaea. But the most common places to find them are in the mountains of Western Canada, Eastern Europe, and the deserts of North Africa because the fossils are just so well preserved in the hot desert. Now back to what I was saying. The major thing you have to look out for on trilobites is the reconstruction of them. Some tricks to see if that if they're fake or if they're reconstructed is to look for air bubbles on trilobites. And you can also see a large crack running through it if it's glued together, if they do it poorly. If they don't do it poorly, then there might there might still be a small crack, but if it's fully concealed, then it'll be really hard to tell. And another thing you can look out for for the reconstruction, not for just the simple cracking, is that for differences in color in the reconstructed areas. And you can also look for the lack of fine details and the lack of the small imperfections on trilobites, because trilobites are very detailed animals, except in the fossilization process, normally parts of the trilobite gets a little messed up, and except if there's a trilobite that's not detailed or completely just detailed and perfect, then it's probably not real. Well, that'll be all for today. Thanks for listening. And then in the next one, we'll talk about gold.